Welcome to uh, technically the third episode of Love Local Music. I am Joel Elliott. And my name is Eob Zoo. And we're here to talk about the local music scene here in Ottawa. It's much excitement. Uh, we have to thank the Auto Music Industry Coalition, of course, uh, for putting this podcast on and allowing us to get on a mic and just... Shout talk. out to O-Mike. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they trust us. Yes, the voices of the city it oh, moves like this. That, that's a bold thing to say, uh, less than a minute into our <laughs> <laughs> first well, one. <laughs> it's about movement and discussion, and I like that. <laughs> Me too. All right, Zoo, tell them about yourself, and then I'll tell them about myself. All right, cool. Well, I am, I'm Zoo, and uh, basically I am an um, artist here in Ottawa working with um, visuals, love visuals, and I help musicians. Uh, artists as well brand themselves visually, helping them find their visual voice is what I like to say. Oh. So that's what I do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm Joel. I go by Jumpin' Joel Flash. I do a number of community things here in town. I host the open mic at uh, Lab and Elgin. Uh, I have a show on CKCU 93.1 FM. Uh, for those interested, uh, Monday mornings from 7 to 8.30. I'm also on the board of directors, uh, full disclosure, of the Auto Music Industry Coalition. You could say... That's how I got this gig. Maybe I strong-armed them. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Anyway, That's awesome. <laughs> the point of this podcast is to talk uh, once a month about things that are going on in Ottawa uh, and make it relevant for not only uh, music industry people, but uh, musicians themselves. I mean, they're music industry folks as well. Those who are interested in the music scene and, and even the, the other uh, tertiary um art scenes around, like the ones that feed into music, perhaps. There's the musical theater scene, there's the orchestra scene, there's the dance scene, like there's a lot of fun art scenes here in yeah, town. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and yeah, it's a very yeah. active city. It's just uh, awareness is one thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Me and Joel were talking about awareness uh, recently. Uh, we are talking about how it also can be able to manifest communities, and that awareness can help a lot of musicians, artists find confidence in what they do, and mm -hmm. also represent their own city. Mm -hmm. Starts with awareness. <laughs> I like it. Well, yeah. you know, community is my favorite C word, and I love building uh, not only awareness uh, but love for local art within Ottawa. Uh, name of this podcast is Love Local Music. Local art does not happen without local love. We got local love right here, don't we? See, yeah. <laughs> All right, so on to our first segment. This is uh, this is an interview I conducted actually last year uh, for our. Uh, for our podcast when we were doing it monthly back then. Our bad. This It's going to come back monthly, but yes. Anyway, I recorded this interview last year with a local uh, online musician named Finn MK. He's a composer uh, and a YouTube star, and it's really interesting stuff, and I think you'll love it. Excellent. Let's get to it. Oh, you gods! My road is ruined! What if... I would have purchased fast food and disguised it as my own cooking. <laughs> Delightfully devilish, Seymour. Hey, I'm Finn MK. I'm a local Ottawa composer and 
musician and YouTuber. Oh, so Finn, you went to Carleton and uh, you live here in town. Are you from Ottawa originally? Uh, no, I grew up in Newmarket. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what <laughs> the spicy you? town of Newmarket. <laughs> what brought you here? Forty minutes north of Toronto. Um, so I came here for Carlson. Okay. And then I've, I've hung around. Uh, you've done an extensive amount of scoring work for video games, YouTube videos, short films. Are your clients from all over? And if so, how do you find them? How do you? How have you gotten into this business? How yeah. Does it from there. Um, the number one question other musicians ask me. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say about 95% of my work is non-local. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of work with clients in the States. Um, and then, yeah, from all around the world, I've done, I did a game score with a team in Russia. Wow. Um, I've done some with people in Singapore. I'm working now on a, uh, with an installation artist from Taiwan on an, ex uh, an exhibit for the Taipei Museum of Fine Arts. Cool. So it is really, like the internet is an amazing, amazing mm -hmm. thing. And it allows me to be just incredibly global. Um, as far as how I find them, I've been doing this, I mean, only for like three years, but at, at least now my name is out a bit. So mm -hmm. some people come to me, which is great. <laughs> it puts all the stress of finding them out of them. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, otherwise I'm, I'm just on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for projects and for game studios and for film directors. Um, so I try and network the best I can. There's no real magic answer, and a lot of it is who you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to try and leverage every resource that you have. Um, yeah, I guess like specifics. I mean, I started by just going um, to to like free flash game websites. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like Armor Games and Congregate, these ones where you can play like 10 minute games mm -hmm. and it'll show the developer there. And I just went there and I just went through and, and basically cold emailed all these game developers. Um, or I would look for catalogs. I found a catalog of film directors, film directors um, and this huge database of indie game studios. Mm -hmm. And I would just spend just tons of time Old emailing them and I'm still getting responses from them years later it's like yeah you messaged us two years ago but we weren't far enough in development but now that we are yeah so there's I mean the internet has played a big role um, so have people I've known I mean going to I mean studying in a music program gave me a ton of connections speaking of game sites and flash game sites in particular you won the 2016 newgrounds underdogs audio contest as well as the 2017 newgrounds audio deathmatch do you find much crossover among your fan bases from online to offline um i <laughs> i um i mean somewhat it's that's more in the friends and family mm -hmm. sort of region because i don't do a lot of offline stuff. Um, I mean, all my YouTube stuff is by its nature online. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, all the clients I work for doing composing, um, those are, I mean, nearly all for digital media. Mm -hmm. So if I'm writing for games, then people are still tapping into the online. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not big enough where I'm like touring the game score yet, right. or the film <laughs> score. Um, I mean, I think I'd like to, I have a, I have a vision of, I have a hopeful vision of my career where if my, you know, my YouTube channel gets um, big enough and has enough draw, then I can leverage that into doing live tours and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, I mean, you know, I have people saying, it's like, I would come see you live if you came to Connecticut. I'm like, good, but not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I can get to that point, then that's really where the crossover would happen. Um, but I mean, it, it's on, it's on me more than it is on them to be doing something that is live and offline. Mm. And I mean, I've played in bands before. Um, so I know what that entails. Um, and I don't know if I'm quite there yet, audience-wise. But I like to think someday I'll get there. And then I'll have that, that full immersive FinMK experience, mm -hmm. online and offline. <laughs> yeah. The kids won't know what hit them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've got a sizable following on YouTube, thanks to your wild musical overdubs of anything. When you see a scene that you'd like to dub, do they pop out to you as musical beforehand, or do you challenge yourself to compose around what you've seen? Uh, a bit of both. This is probably the number one question people ask me, too. Do you, do you a lot of the concerts, so do you just hear music when you hear people talk? Mm. Um, and the short answer is no. I mean, this the dubs are largely improvised in how I come up with them but it's not like I can you know if I just listen to a recording of a conversation I'll be like G7 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay there are certain parts um, where I can hear it's like there's a rhythm it's often more rhythmic when I'm just listening to stuff I can hear it's like syncopated there it's, yeah. it's gonna be that um, and otherwise, it's just, uh, as I do it more and more, because I've only really been doing them for four or five months, um, as I do them more and more, I get a better and better sense about it. Now I can hear um, songs and things where it's like, I can add this here, I can add this there. Um, but there's not really, there's not really like a magical trick. Um, as, far as, as far as composing around the visual sounds, like, I try and do that. Like my goal with them is not... Um, to just play music over syllables of speech or sound effects for the sake of playing them over sound effects. Like my goal is to enhance the scene in some way. So maybe that's the background score being accentuated. Maybe that's just making things more funny with a Looney Tunes style slapstick sort of um, sound. So the content of whatever visual aspect I'm, I'm dubbing is, is hugely important. Um, and I can, I can happily point out like 20 examples and stuff that I've done where it's like, I've gone for this because the X is happening on screen. Um, so it, it becomes a mix of all of it. And I, I, I think I find a dub what it's really meant to be halfway through, mm -hmm. where I've, at that point I've fleshed out enough ideas to know what angle I should really take. You recently recorded a performance video with local songster Aaron Ray. How do you typically interact in the Ottawa scene? Do you play out, collaborate? Tell us, and tell us what you got coming up soon. Um, so, I mean, for Aaron specifically, I met him through D&D, funnily mm. enough. Mm. Um, my friend Dan Colo okay. um, brought him to the group, and Colo I met as a student at Carleton. Um, as far as how I interact with the auto scene in general, it's something I wish I could do more. And it's not like I have any lack of talented friends. Um, but it's more that, given that the medium, uh, like my main medium, outside of composing, so I mean like I'll hire people as session musicians, mm -hmm. um, but as in, in like a collaboration sense, my main medium is, is YouTube, mm -hmm. 
And as I do that more and more seriously, I, I think more and more carefully about like the direction of the channel and what people are interested in. And it's, 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 um, that's a good way to, to phrase this. Basically, like I have to be very, I don't want to say I have to be very careful with the stuff I put out because really I can sort of do whatever I want. And if it's popular, it's popular. If it's not, it's not. Um, but when I'm thinking about the business side, I have to be like, okay, if I, if I do a collaboration with X person, is that going to help the channel? You know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm the collaboration that I do mostly are with other YouTubers mm -hmm. and that is invariably a long distance thing, which is unfortunate. Like a guy I've done a bunch of work with is a bassist in Calgary. Cool. And it's like, I wish you were here in Ottawa or I were in Calgary because then we could just do things in person. Um, but yeah, so like as much as I want to um, just do like covers and originals with all my Ottawa friends, I really have to think about that and say like, if, if I'm doing one of those every two weeks, that's really not what people are interested in particularly. And given that these Ottawa friends aren't successful YouTubers, that isn't leveraged by them bringing a bunch of new people to view it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm trying to be able to do that and to continue to grow things. Mm. So the balance is that I'm, I'm sort of like doing one every once in a while. Mm. Um, so yeah, like for example, like Aaron like isn't on YouTube or mm. barely at all, mm -hmm. but he's a great guy and he's my friend and I love jamming with him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm willing to take that view hit to be able to do this. Mm. It's, yeah. a, it's that weird. It's a tricky, tricky it's thing. A weird, like it's weird that you have this like, you have a global audience versus a local audience. Totally. Right? And there's no, you've totally skipped the in-between. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about the internet. It's suddenly completely global. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just a tricky thing. And I hate to, I mean, like, now that I am getting popular, I, I do have people coming to me, it's like, we should do a song or something. It's like, yes, I can. And I don't want to say no because you're not popular on YouTube. But this time I'm gonna say no because you're not popular on YouTube, which is which seems so brutal and mean. Yeah. But it's like I'm I'm like I, I do it part time now. It's like mm -hmm. this makes up a part of my income, so I'm having to make the right business decisions. No, it, 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 it's the same thing as like a band who would be booking bands that are like similar levels of you exactly. know, fame yeah. for their bills, right? Uh, and then maybe a lesser known act is the opener, right? Right. But you have to. You can't do all lesser known acts. Like exactly. you have to think about the show and mm -hmm. success. Stepping it's, stones, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the point where I, hopefully, if I get to that point, where I have enough audience that I can really do like whatever, whenever I want, mm -hmm. and it won't make even like things that are very unpopular won't make any serious dents at all. Mm. Um, but I've only been doing this for four months, so I'm not like quite there yet. Fair. Yeah. Fair. The global have to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish that. Yeah, like I wish there were more Ottawa YouTubers. Me too. There yeah. are there are some, and I I I did a bunch of research, being like, I should like I can pull this together. Like let's get on people. But there's not a lot of people. Um, who are at this awkward mid stage. Mm. I feel like I'm a teenager on YouTube mm. because there are Ottawa YouTubers who have like a million subscribers. Yeah. And it's like, sure, it would be great to do something with them, but I get that they wouldn't because it's the reverse thing. Exactly. I, I understand that. <laughs> so it's like, that's not possible. Maybe someday it is. Mm. Yeah. And that was
Memphis fan. Uh, mm. Like, so that's neat. Huh? Like, he's making music. He's not playing out, but yeah. he's composing and he's like working as a musician in Ottawa, and nobody knows. Yeah, he's famous online. The power yeah. of people, you yeah. know, people not not in the physical world, nonetheless, mm-hmm. but still makes a lot of noise. Yeah, that's in, right. In the world of the of the internet streets. That's right. That's you know? right. The internet streets is also another lesson where I feel like. Um, what I got from that was because, like, I believe the power of networking is mm. very important because mm. social media gets us closer to individuals. It even gets us closer to uh, understanding a lot of our fan bases using insights. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, social media. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I fell in love with it is because I can be able to connect and also turn turn followers into customers. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I realized that that starts by easily breaking the ice. By sending somebody a DM, mm-hmm. sending somebody mm-hmm. a message, right? Um, and you know what? That's the luxury that we get for being online. Uh, in, in real life, we actually have to approach ourselves, uh, approach a person that we actually want to um, uh, meet by actually approaching ourselves with confidence. I mean, you have to believe in your own product, you know? Mm-hmm. But online, it's like you can create any world you choose. Oh my. Any oh world. My. And this man, I feel like, you know, has connected with the right people. To get his voice sound out there, I agree. And then the power of networking is important. Now I'm glad you brought up networking, Sue, because we uh, have another thing to discuss here on the podcast today. Uh, now, people who may uh, know what I did in my former life um, know that I sold business conferences for ten years, and it was very exciting. Very, very not exciting. But it was. It was <laughs> that's because. <laughs> It was on conferences on, on topics like risk management and HR and blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, now I get to go to conferences on things that are much more interesting like art and music and building fan bases. And what's interesting to me um, is, and you know, again, I know this because I, I worked in conferences for so long, it does not matter what industry you are in at all. Mm-hmm. All industries work exactly the same way, mm-hmm. and that's through networking. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it because a big, big, I guess it's the biggest in Canada, um, networking and showcasing and conferencing event, uh, Canadian Music Week is coming to Toronto yes. um, very soon. And Zoo, you are going to. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. I went there as a student uh, last year uh, doing a music industry arts in Algonquin mm-hmm. College. Uh, the perks of that is you get to learn a lot about mixing, mastering, your, you know, the music industry in in various different buckets, you get, you get your hands into all the buckets, right? But s- taking us to Canadian Music Week uh, in May, I've you get to realize all the puzzle pieces mm-hmm. that make the puzzle here, uh, th- that make the puzzle of the industry, you know? So the Canadian Music Week uh, is held at the Sheraton Hotel, mm-hmm. downtown uh, Toronto, and it's basically like at the very bottom of the hotel, the basement, they have uh, seminar rooms where they have Talks ranging from exporting new to Nashville, understanding singer songwriter um, ways ways that they they even survive on the road as well. They mm-hmm. give you mental tips. But then this is what I really love about it is that everybody is dispersed all around the hotel, mm-hmm. so you can be able to meet some of the most biggest legends standing right beside you, also curious about what's being talked about, discussed about. And I love it because there's there's no such thing as ego there because everyone's there to learn mm-hmm. how to make this industry better, how to uh, better their own careers, better their own skills by even meeting other great 
acts, you know. Mm-hmm. I love it because uh, the, the the ego that uh, that uh, that some of the biggest legends have been diminished. Where I got to, I got to meet like Steve Lillywhite, for example, Whoa, in, a, in a in a in a awkward way, but also a fun way because he was talking to me and asking me questions. And then you know later I find out that he produced all of YouTube's albums, <laughs> all of Rolling Stone's albums, and I'm there like I'm just just some guy. I like music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it, well, let's back up a bit. So CMW, Canadian Year's Week, it uh, starts on the 6th and goes to the 12th of May. It's a week of yeah. music. Um, now, depending on what you're going for, you might not know certain things. You're talking about being in the Sheraton, which brings back lots of anxious days of, of work for me because I've been to that Sheraton in Toronto for conferences before. Mm. Um, but this is thousands of people coming not just for showcases and shows of bands, but for learning sessions, for networking opportunities. And it's not just musicians, but you've also got people who work in the industry. You've got venue owners. You've got people who promote bigger shows. Uh, you've got people who are journalists, right? Mm-hmm. You've got people who are maybe uh, music managers and are looking for the next big thing. And of course, you got bands that are trying to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great big mix of people. And while all these sessions are going on, um, you're right, you can walk around and just spot people yeah. and there's name badges and you might be able to spot uh you know a steve lillywhite for example or uh a zoo like a student like you were last <laughs> year just wandering around like hey what's up these are the types of connections you can make and it's like when i so i'm gonna back up even one more time when i when i was working at my job webinars started becoming a really big thing right <clears throat> and people working in the conference departments were all like oh my god you know people are gonna stop going to conferences and blah 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 no People like connecting with people, Mm -hmm. right? And again, it's every industry in the world. Um, And I'd say particularly in the arts. Yeah, we can make all kinds of connections online that we want, but until you get that face-to-face and that random, hey, let's have a hallway conversation, that's where those actual real connections make. 10,000. Right? We, we, We humans crave that, crave those connections. And now... Back to our regularly scheduled program. So, Sue, now I'm going to interview you. You've been to Canadian Music Week uh, as a student. It must have been crazy and big and overwhelming. Now you're going back a second time, knowing what it's all about, and with a business focus, because you've got something to sell now. So, um, tell me a bit about um, the differences in how you're going to approach Mm -hmm. heading to CMW this time. Uh, Absolutely right. I mean, me going last year as a student, the only thing that I could actually really showcase is saying, hi, I'm a student just learning. So that, this was like an icebreaker for them to get comfortable with me. And a lot of that time that I spent at CMW last year was asking advice. Mm. What are some things that you have had as an obstacle in becoming the position that you are today? Um, I met distribution distribution companies in Ireland. Mm. They were randomly there in, the, in what they call a mentor's cafe. Yeah. Where basically it's just a seat. You get to sit down. So a lot of my time spent last year was gaining as much information as possible. So that was me as a student because I'm there to learn, mm-hmm. right? But uh, the more and more I saw the pieces come together, I actually went into the music industry as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing songs had a band called Miriagon at that point. It was me and a guitar mm. on stage. Mm-hmm. And I went there, I went to, to study music industry arts because I did not understand what was happening on the screen. Producers are clicking this, producers are clicking that. And I'm like, I need to understand how to mix. I need to understand technology. But when I went to the music industry, I went in as an artist and left as a manager. Mm. I left as a businessman. Mm. And 
the reason that the, 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 the reason why is the shift happened at CMW when I realized all the important pieces that come together around the artist. Mm -hmm. So I already understood the artist's life, the stresses that they have. And I realized some of the things that they ultimately need is how they can be able to have direction in their creativity. So I want to become a creative director. Mm -hmm. And I've been a creative director yeah. for, for a majority of my life because people have asked me to manage their image, hmm. manage their noise, hmm. manage their look, hmm. you know? And I've, as a photographer with a background of visual arts, I knew how to edit colors. Uh, I understood the emotional impact of, of, of colors. What am I saying? And how that can be able to translate to your noise, your look, your vibe, hmm. vibe. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibe is important. Hmm. So for me, going into CMW, I realized I can be able to already coach musicians and artists. I don't want to just put musicians only, but I, was, I am a musician at heart as mm. well, right? Mm. So I want to help them find their own confidence in their own image, you know? So then now going there as a businessman to sell that, I am a part of the whole puzzle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it must be more interesting too because, um, you know, the agenda obviously changes from year to year, but I, I would assume you would have taken a look at that uh, conference agenda last year on your way there mm -hmm. and you'd have seen it one way from a student's perspective. But now you're going to be taking a look at that agenda and you're going to see sessions that are going to pop out and be much, much more relevant to what you're doing. And yeah. you're going to be much more excited about going to yeah. this. Because right? for me as a student, I want to go to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the conferences that happen, there was like, I know that I went to see uh, Megaphono. Megaphono had possibly like two or three uh, seminars that are happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. There is like, there's six. Yeah. It's so you got to pick one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> so sometimes I'd go into one, listen, listen very intently. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the other one and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's lovely because people that are on stage, again, with the, 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 the no ego uh, mentality, people that are on stage giving the, almost this TED, TED Talk-like kind of thing, when they get off stage, you can just say, hi, what's up? Mm -hmm. You like what you did? Yep. More than just getting off stage, you see them That's right. randomly walking around. Mm -hmm. and you can stop them. And that's actually, as, as just jutting here, that's one of the best things about conferences too because if, particularly business conferences, everyone's there for the same reason. So if, if someone's a, you know, a, a recognizable person or they're a speaker, they're not going to get upset by you introducing yourself. Yeah. They can't. Whoa, there's a computer making sounds. <laughs> they, like, they're there for that reason. Yeah. To teach others, to help them learn, or to network with them. So introduce away. Yeah, because they're looking for the next step in their career. Exactly. And right. that next step starts with people. And we're mm -hmm. the entertainment business is a people business. That's right. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. More than just music, actors as well. Like mm -hmm. um, drama, and I know that... Uh, your girlfriend also does another podcast. That's right. Yes. Yes, yes, on visual arts. Copy with Kim. You should download that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so sick. But you're absolutely right. And part of that, um, part of, again, you were talking about seeing the bigger picture as a student. And it doesn't matter what part uh, of the music industry or arts industries that you work in or want to work in mm -hmm. to see where it fits. Um, it's, it's invaluable. Um, and to see how that connection can make even more connections. And like, let's go back to Finn MK, for example. So he's talking about how, yeah, I was composing information or composing information, composing music for, uh, for ads, for TV, for, uh, video games, right? Mm -hmm. All of those feed into one another. There's three different like 
you get three different agencies contacting you for that type of thing. But once you build up a catalog, you say, oh, I guess I can do background for video games. And oh, yes, I do have a microphone, so I guess I could do some voice acting yeah. for this as well. Um, and by going to a conference, maybe somebody who's only ever written instrumentals and thought, well, I guess I'm a songwriter, had no, didn't even consider that yeah. maybe, oh, people might need these for ads. Yeah. Or people might need this for, you know, insert TV show here where they need yeah. six seconds of a fiddle and they're going to pay me a thousand dollars for one-time use of it. Like, unless you know, there's no way you're going to yeah, make and, that money. You know, you, we make fiddles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We make fiddles and you realize that there's way more to your talent and so many niches. And mm -hmm. I believe that when you go network, you you see so many different needs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you never even knew about the industry. Right? And that's that's beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's very inspiring. I'd say so. Motivating. I'd say, I would say so. Yeah. And I like that um, at conferences too, you get a feeling of people wanting to help, right? Like, obviously, like, and this, take that with a caveat. You're going to meet salespeople there. That's how conferences are. You're going to meet pushy folks who are trying to get you to sign a contract. You're, like, of any type, right? That's at any conference stall. Avoid schmarmy folks and Schmarm. find the people that are actively trying to make the arts community better, actively trying to work with people, actively trying to help um, artists. We have a lot more of that in Canada than we do in the States, just, you know, because we like to help one another here. Mm -hmm. And we have grants and so forth, and it's not as cutthroat, and we love Canadian content. Yeah. There's only so many Canadians, after all. <laughs> There's only like 35 million of us. All right, so why don't we end this segment, Zoo, by talking about a bit about if someone's considering going, mm -hmm. what should they be thinking about uh, before they go uh, or think because it's a lot of money especially if you don't live in Toronto right mm -hmm. like you gotta take it's a week and there's travel costs accommodations the tickets themselves meals if you're going to to take the time and the resources to actually go there what do you got to be thinking about before you do mm, I like that I really like that question and I think now having already gone there as a student and now going there as a businessman I realized one thing that I, I really loved was getting as many it's almost like practicing your personality mm. to to challenge icebreakers. Uh -huh. Because sometimes you might be on an elevator with a very important person. And I believe one thing you actually have to understand is how you can be able to not sell. Don't try to be a salesman to sell yourself or mm. a product. But just be able to feel comfortable within your own confidence to... To break an ice, to have somebody comfortable mm -hmm. and be real with you yeah. at all times. Like it's it's like being on, right? You're not yeah. necessarily salesy, but you're also like open and available for combo. Absolutely. More, more than don't don't say I know everything. Ask ask what they know that mm -hmm. you don't know yet. And mm -hmm. I believe what people people in the industry really love talking about themselves. One, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's one mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. one lesson I've learned is that, and also. They'd like to, to help you find your own, you know, ground in whatever that you, if you're whatever that you're lost in. Mm -hmm. Somebody might have a piece that you that, that is missing from your own data. Mm. Go around and find a way to break ice, or master the icebreaker. Mm. That's the best way I can say it. Because um, when you're talking to somebody, what I found was when I'm talking to somebody, I find. There's almost like a line behind me waiting for the, to talk to this person. Oh, yeah. You realize, oh my God, I don't, I, there's no timer, but I got like 50 seconds with this man. Yep. Right? How do I make that connection? Yes. How do they remember me? 
Yes. So mm. I feel like in that I realize uh, I like to say stories. Ah, that's good. You know, that's like, good. Um, stories about my own life of how I found music mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how that has brought me to where I am now or asking them to tell me a story. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, I'll remember that story. Mm-hmm. So then I can come back to them about that story and even continue that into a whole conversation. Makes sense. Right? I like it. So, yeah. Cool. I would say, too, um, if you're going to be going, uh, study that agenda beforehand because yeah. you say there's like, at any one time, there's streams and six different sessions going on at one time. If you haven't figured out which one you want to go to, like until time of, you're going to miss content. You might go in a session that is not relevant to you at all. Um, and I would say too, like check out the speakers because sometimes they change. But if you like really study them and see where they work and what they do and take the time to do that, you're going to see, oh, maybe I should go to this session because this particular speaker speaks to what I'm doing so specifically. Yeah that it would be foolish of me not to. 10,000%. And mm-hmm. I believe that uh, when you get there, don't don't overwhelm yourself last minute. No. Because once you plan it out, you can really just relax at mm-hmm. every single seminar. Mm-hmm. You know, because then, because some seminars, they're seeing such important things that you might lose it if you don't actually get their, like, um, attention. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that the, the art of memory is the art of attention. Oh, oh my. Samuel Johnson. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> dropping quotes in that's the how it goes that's how it goes um, one other thing too and again you're going for a second time and you're going as a business I assume you're setting up meetings before you get there 10,000% right so like you've already made those connections so but somebody else who either might know people in Toronto or knows of friends that are going don't just like expect that you guys will find random time to get together and sit down there's too much to there's do there's way too much you gotta set that up ahead of time yeah. so I assume you've done some of that already 10,000% right on and like uh, I actually made a lot of friends last year at CMW where um, you know I met them selling books like right then and there huge long tables of industry professionals that have written these books and those those authors are actually currently in the building wow. so that's why it's pretty mind blowing to me mm-hmm. and so uh, I've had <laughs> I've had um some of the book booksellers actually come up to my hotel hmm. and and actually make music with me. So all of a sudden, it's more than just like because everyone could be a friend. That's right. And I believe friendship communication is will make the community that you want. It's like you know, like when we were kids, like we're hearing things from our parents, right? Like don't burn bridges, blah blah blah. You're like, shut up, dad. But <laughs> but it's so true, particularly in a town. Well, okay, let's let's break it down even further. Particularly in Canada, where there's only 35 million people. Particularly yeah. the arts industry in Canada, which is smaller in itself. Or like arts industry in Ottawa, when you come on back home. Yeah. Make friends. Don't yes. make people think you're a jerk. Yeah. Like, like, you might think, oh, well, you know, I was just in a bad mood and I snapped at that guy. That guy could have been the head of X Record Company and yeah. told literally everybody in the world about what a jerk you are. Yeah. And, and yeah, you might have missed He possibly has company. one project that says, oh, man, like, I really needed an awesome videographer. Mm-hmm. You're that videographer, but if you yeah. were not that nice, no. he would not have thought of you. No, he would pass that project to somebody mm-hmm. else, you know? Or worse, they'll remember your name, be like, see your name on something, be like, I'm not getting involved in that project because that guy was a jerk. Facts. Yeah. And you might think that's petty and weird, but that's how human beings are. Yeah. That's yeah. how we remember everybody, and it's the same in business. So don't be a jerk. I mean, yeah, that's, pretty sim- that's pretty simple. Very simple. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think so. If you're going to go to CMW, which is May 6th to 12th, recommended. 
do your research beforehand. Yes. Check out that agenda. Do your homework. Consider if it's worth the expense for you to go this year or maybe you wait until the next year when you have more stuff online available to sell. You have more of an elevator pitch. Um, and don't be a jerk. Don't be that's, a jerk. That's pretty simple. You know. Uh, any last thoughts on CMW? Uh, CMW, the best thing I can tell you is get to know as many people as you possibly can. Mm. I'm talking about even get to know some of the hotel clerks, if you will. I'm telling <laughs> you, it, I, I believe it will really help you, one, get comfortable in your own skin because a lot of the industry revolves around you trying to make people help you make a dream. Mm. And your dream is precious. Yeah. That dream is all made together with the help of so many hands mm -hmm. so just know get as many people interested in talking to you and feel comfortable about you that they will remember something that they will they will always want to have you around beauty you know what i'm saying beauty so cool all right well thanks sue for talking about this and uh, we'll probably yik yak as a follow-up uh, after you've come and gone to cmw most definitely most and definitely. uh you can tell everybody how awesome it was Excellent. If you guys want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is T-I-S-T-Z-U, Tiszoo. Tiszoo. Yeah. Canadian Music Week, May 6th to 12th, 2019. So that was our uh, first episode back. I guess technically episode three, but I think we did a good job. So I, I think quite jazzy. We wrapped it up. <laughs> technically beautiful. That's technically the, that's, beautiful. That's how we rock. You know? That's how we do it. That's how we do it. I am Jumpin' Joel Flash. You can find me at uh, Jumpin' Joel Flash on Instagram, and I'm all over city and other places. And I'll be hosting this podcast as well with my good friend Zoo. Excellent. My name is Zoo. Uh, if you guys ever want to follow me, I do weird stuff online at Instagram. Instagram.com slash T-I-S-T-Z-U. That's Tis Zoo. Uh, currently right now working on getting Collective 23. That's K-L-E-K-T-I-V 23. You know, I'm a retired Spelling GB champion, but we still... <laughs> are in the business. Now, Collective, we basically work on helping uh, artists brand themselves visually. So if you need anything that can uh, help with your image, let me know. So you can help you out, friends. And we can help you out next month because we'll be back. All the links will be in the description. Thanks for listening. Technically beautiful Technically beautiful. Oh.